Thanks, Donna. Hello, everybody. My name is Greg Boyd. I'm one of the pastors here at Wilton Hills Church. Hello. We're mixing things up a little bit here. Uh, usually we have all of our worship at the front end, and then we have the message. Uh, but uh, later on in the service, we're going to be uh, sharing communion together. And so we, we thought we'd move the, the message up a little bit and then uh, do more worship on the, the back end. So we will be getting back to that. We are, uh, in this season, turning to the book of Colossians. And uh, we are, uh, this is our third message, I guess, and we're already up to verses 3 and 4. So we are making great progress. Um, I'm going to actually start with and reflect on uh, some of the passages that we dealt with last week. We do that once in a while. We, we repeat ourselves. We repeat ourselves. Uh, we're, we're not afraid of that. It's, it's about depth, not speed. Um, I want to title this message, uh, thanks a lot. Actually, I don't want to title it that. That's the title that my team gave, because I couldn't think of a title. But it's kind of cute, don't you think? Thanks a lot. It has a little technology piece there that will become important here later on. It's kind of a modern texting way of saying thanks a lot. But more importantly, it's about gratitude and thanksgiving, which is what this message is all about. And actually, it feels kind of weighty on me. It's one that has been uh, really convicting to me. Uh, the last week as I've been, one of the advantages of being a preacher is that you're, you're kind of forced to try to live out the message ahead of time so you don't feel like a hypocrite preaching it. And uh, <laughs> now you know. Uh, yeah, so it's been convicting. Uh, so I'd like to open with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for every person in this auditorium right now and every person listening uh, through the podcast, uh, television, or any other means. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for what you've been doing in our life up to this point. Thank you for whatever element of faith we have, whatever direction we have that's going towards you, Lord. That's to your glory, pulling us in the right direction. And I pray, Lord God, that by your grace you would right now open up our ears and minds and hearts to receive your word deeply. God, bring to the surface to confront what needs to be confronted. Free us from strongholds that we probably don't even know we have. Liberate your people to be overflowing with grace and gratitude. At all times, in all situations, in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. We'll be reading several verses here. But Paul says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all his people. We thank God for you. Here's what's kind of amazing is this. That Paul, at this point in his life, is in prison. He twice mentions that he's in chains as he's writing this letter. We don't know the circumstances of this particular imprisonment, but uh, we know from other epistles that sometimes he was beaten when he was put into prison. That was kind of standard fare, uh, where Roman guards would just sort of have fun with the prisoners and abuse them in various ways. He was beaten, he was whipped. Uh, we know that when he was put in prison, uh, it could be for life. Whether a person got out or not was largely up to the whim of the local ruler. And sometimes he did, and at least in one case he didn't, he, was, he faced execution. So his, his, his future is uncertain. He's likely been beaten. He's in prison. We know that towards the end of his life, he says this in, in one of the pastoral epistles, that, that his co-workers have deserted him, all except for Timothy and a few others, but he was largely abandoned and alone at the end. And so here Paul is in this situation, and he's just full of thanksgiving. 
He's thankful. Here he is thanking God for the faith and love that he sees in fellow Christians that he's never even met. He's, he'd never been to Colossae. He, he, he had heard of their faith and heard of their love, but here he's thankful in prison, likely beaten. And yet he's just thankful for the faith and love he sees and has heard about in these other Christians. I don't know if I would be doing that. In prison for life, likely. Uh, beaten, forsaken by friends, in chains, facing an uncertain fu- future, possible execution. But I heard that some people believe and have a lot of love. Oh, I'm just so thankful. Uh, think about that. In fact, this whole letter is permeated with thankfulness. It's funny that the two most joyful letters, Philippians and Colossians, are, are all letters that Paul, both letters that Paul wrote from prison. So in verse 11 and 12, he says, We pray you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his people. There's a good reason to be thankful. He's praying now that they'll have gratitude and thanksgiving in their life. He's, He's portraying thankfulness as part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and to be in the kingdom. The Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his people. There's one reason to be thankful. And then in Colossians chapter 2, he says, Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So here Paul's praying that just as he's overflowing with thankfulness uh, towards God for them, he prays that they, as they're living in Christ and rooted in Christ and being built up in Christ, that they'll just be overflowing with thankfulness, uncontainable thankfulness. It's overflowing. The cup runs over. And then Paul says in Colossians 3, the letters is permeated with thanksgiving. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. There's a good thing to be ruled by. And be thankful. Two verses later, whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, everything, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do the math on this verse. It means everything you do, do it with thanksgiving. Whether it's word or deed, be thankful. Colossians chapter 4, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. You get the the gist of this. This is a guy who's full of gratitude. In prison, unjustly. Likely for life. Could be executed. Eventually was. Beaten, whipped. Forsaken by friends. Oozing, overflowing with thanksgiving. It's, 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 it's just amazing. How did he do that? That's what we want to be looking at here. Now, I, this message came to me about two weeks ago after someone sent me an email that had a video clip uh, on it. And I get this every once in a while if someone finds something exciting. Oh, you've got to check this out. Um, this one hit me uh, kind of hard. It was, it was entertaining but uh, I'll share why a little bit later on. But the timing of it was just sort of convicting. You might find it a little bit convicting too. Uh, it was uh, uh, on Conan O'Brien, I guess, two weeks ago or so. Maybe some of you have already seen this. Uh, but it was a little interview that was taking place. And it's entitled, Everything is Amazing, But No One is Happy. Let's watch it. Because everything is amazing right now, and nobody's happy. Like, in my lifetime... The changes in the world have been incredible. When I was a kid, we had a rotary phone. We had a phone that you had to stand next to. 
and you have to dial it. Yes. You don't, you don't realize how primitive you're making sparks <laughs> in a phone, and you actually would hate people with zeros in their numbers because it was more right. like, oh, this guy's got two zeros. <laughs> and then if you, if they called and you weren't home, the phone would just ring lonely by itself. <laughs> and then if you wanted money, you had to go in the bank for when yes. it was open for like three hours. You had to stand in line, write yourself a check like an idiot. And then when you run out of money, you just go, well, I can't do any more things now. That's right. I can't do any more That's things. That's it, yeah. That was it. And even if you had a credit card, they'd, the guy would go, oh, and he'd bring out this whole chunk, chunk, and he'd write, yes. oh, you have to call the president to see if you have any money. It's all true, kids. You had to call the president, yeah. It was ridiculous. Yes. Do you feel that we now... In the 21st century, we take technology for granted. Well, yeah, because now we live in an, in an amazing, amazing world, and it's wasted on the on the crappiest generation of just spoiled idiots that don't care. Because this is what people are like now. They got their phone, and they're like, ugh, it won't. Give it a second. Give it. It's going to space. Can you give it a second to get back from space? Is the speed of light too slow? I was on a, I was on an airplane and there was internet high speed internet on the airplane. That's yes. the newest thing that I know exists. And I'm sitting on the plane and they go, open up your laptop. You can go on the internet. And it's fast and I'm watching YouTube clips. It's I'm in an airplane, and then it breaks down and they apologize. The internet's not working. The guy next to me goes, this is bull. <laughs> like how quickly the world owes him something. Yes. He knew existed only 10 seconds ago. Right. Right. And on planes. Flying is the worst one because people come back from flights and they tell you their story. And it's like a horror story. It's they act like their flight was like a cattle car in the 40s in Germany. That's yeah. how bad they make it sound. Right. They're like, it was the worst day of my life. First of all, we didn't board for 20 minutes. And then we get on the plane and they made us sit there on the runway for 40 minutes. We had to sit there. Oh really, what happened next? Did you fly through the air incredibly like a bird? Did you partake in the miracle of human flight, you non-contributing zero? That you got to fly? You're flying! It's amazing! Everybody on every plane should just constantly be going, oh my god! Wow! Yes! You're flying. You're, you're sitting in a chair in the sky. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now Lily, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't go back a lot. And it's it really, you know, here's the thing. People like they say there's delays on flights. Delays, yeah. really? New York to California in five hours. That used to take 30 years <laughs> to do that. And a bunch of you would die on the way there and have a baby. You'd be a whole different group of people by the time you got there. <laughs> I'm not condoning his judgmental attitude, by the way. But uh, it's not exactly the attitude of thanksgiving, really, that he's talking about. And uh, I don't know about you, but it kind of caught me. Uh, the day before I got this email, um, I was having a little fight with my droid. 
I, I got this droid about two years ago. I got it for free. Um, everything I wear, I get for free. I get a lot of free stuff. But uh, this was a two-for-one special. My son got one, so I got one. And I didn't know how to use it, of course. But fortunately, I'm a technological zero. Um, but I got friends who are pretty smart. So they programmed the whole thing for me. He says, Greg, just push these buttons, and, and here's how you do this or that and the other thing. And then I downloaded some things that are called apps. Uh, and uh, this is amazing. This is, I was just blown away. It's absolutely amazing. They got an app on here where you can uh, look out into space, point in a certain direction, and it shows you the, the stars, and it will name whatever star you, know, you, you want. And you can even go looking for stars. It's called Stargazer or Google Star or something. Uh, and, I, and so my grandson and I, we'll just have an hour on this thing, just looking around and searching for you know, a certain constellation or galaxy. It's absolutely incredible. Um, it's got a thing on there. I mean, you can go down Google anywhere. You just sort of type in uh, something. You don't have to type it in. You can speak it in. It's got to, I, I can just say, find me you know, the definition of this or something like that. Uh, it's, it's absolutely incredible. I can text people. Um, and, um, but, but be careful what you text. Uh, you never know. Um, I got a, a thing on here where, where um, I, I, I can speak, to, I can tell this lady where I want to go, and then she tells me how to get there. It's a GPS thing. It's like there's a satellite out there that knows where my car is, and she'll say, turn right, turn left, rerouting, uh, recalculating. Um, but she'll, she'll just, it's really blowing my mind that all that is in this little, little phone. Oh, and you can also use it as a phone. <laughs> But lately, it's been having some glitches. Yeah, you, you, it looked like I was just giving an advertisement for Droid, but now I'm going to bash it. it, it it's, been having, it's been glitchy. It's been odd. I can't get on Facebook. You know, I can't even get on my email. Um, I'll be doing a, a tweet. That's another thing you can do on here. I didn't know what Twitter was. Um, I, I, but now, now I, can, I tweet. And um, I, any thought I have, I just share it with the world. It's out there. But it, sometimes this thing, it's always with my most profound tweets, too. It will kick me out. I'm in the middle of it. Done. I'm done. And then I can't get back to it, and I've lost the tweet forever, and then I get mad, so I can't remember what I was tweeting about. Uh, it's very irritating. Uh, and that lady who um, uh, that tells me how, where to go, uh, lately she's been freezing on me. I, and so the, the other week, I was heading someplace. I didn't know how to get there, and um, uh, she was supposed to be directing me. I didn't have a backup or anything, and I really needed to get to this place. And all of a sudden, she decides to quit on me. Uh, she shows up, there's this circle that keeps going around in circles saying, uh, give me a minute, give me a minute. Well, then after five minutes, talking to outer space, I got so mad, I wanted to just take this thing and throw it on the ground and just crawl. <laughs> then he had to get resaved and all that, you know. <laughs> so here's this thing. I was so amazed by it, so impressed by it. This is incredible. And now I'm just angry at it. It's irritating the daylights out of me. And so I felt a little bit caught with that interview there, and probably some of you did too. But see, he's, it's, it's more than just uh, technology. Uh, he's right, kind of, when he says that we are a generation that's, I wouldn't use the words he uses, but spoiled, uh, entitled. We expect things now, right here. And we, we can get that attitude towards life. It's not really a, a thankfulness attitude. It's the sense that, that we're owed things. Uh, and, and because of that, we complain a lot. We just, the bar has gotten set so high, we just, a lot of us anyways, they're, they're just complaining. It's like we see our whole life like a droid. And 
there's all this stuff that is amazing. I mean, God created miracle, amazing stuff all around us. If we have eyes to see, but see, if, if our attitude, if, if we're not careful, we get this attitude where what we notice are the glitches. We stop being impressed with the amazement of life. It's all the glitches. And so we become whiners and complainers. Uh, we see the negative. Last night, someone got me uh, some tickets to uh, Circus Soleil. And so my wife and I, my son went to Circus Soleil. Uh, it was absolutely, I don't know if you've ever been to that, but if you get a chance out in the Mall of America, it's, ah. Oh. Unbelievable! They defy gravity. My hands hurt from clapping so much. It was, I was, it was absolutely amazing. And as we're walking out, and I'm just like spellbound. These people bouncing in incredible ways and doing these tricks off of a climbing wall and trampoline and bending in ways that you can't bend. It looks like Linda Blair or something. How do you do that? Um, well, anyways, uh, walking out, there's these people behind us that were complaining. I thought there'd be more acrobatics, you know, like last year they had higher ropes. And, and then they're saying, the crowd and the toilets, and they didn't have enough toilets. It's like, I, did you just watch the show that I watched? That was unbelievable. How can you find, but see, that can be our attitude towards life. It's too cold here in Minnesota. It's too hot. And it was last week, huh? Too cold, too hot. Yeah, you know, it... My car, somebody's like, I got a scratch. Uh, my spouse doesn't appreciate me. My husband's putting on weight. My neighbor stinks. My dog barks too much. The government does too much. The government does too little. Uh, you know, just what's off, wrong, and missing? Uh, gas prices are too high. There's a trillion glitches in the system. And if we're not careful, what comes to the forefront of our mind too naturally, too instinctively, maybe compulsively, are the complaints. Man, sometimes life, let's face it, honestly. In fact, a lot of times life in this war zone that we live in, we're caught in the crossfire of cosmic warfare. And, and, and so not everything happens. In fact, sometimes life can deal stuff to us that's way beyond a glitch. The whole system breaks down. I'm talking about painful stuff. I'm talking about marriage-ending stuff, health-denying stuff, stuff that maybe you know, racks your body to the point of paralysis. Uh, terrorizing disaster that happens and now it's no longer just a question of uh, how do we stop complaining but you really ask the question how how does one be thankful for anything in situations like that when you're going through the nightmare things like being thrown into prison for the rest of your life unjustly and being beaten and having your friends forsake you Uh, that's not just a glitch that's that's bonafide evil and yet Paul, in that situation, is overflowing with gratitude. And characterizes that as the norm of the Christian life, the norm of the kingdom life. How does he do that? The text gives us some, some, some pretty clear cues. Three things I'll say here, and then we'll uh, partake of communion. First, you live in Christ. The key to being thankful is living in Christ. Paul says, continue to live your lives in him. Inside of Christ, which means being rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Because when you do that, you'll overflow with thankfulness. Live your life in Christ. When we're outside of Christ is when we start noticing the glitches and become ungrateful and it it sucks the joy out of our life. In Christ, Paul says, we can overflow with, 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 with grace and gratitude. Now, to be in Christ, look at that metaphor, rooted in Christ. When you're 
rooted in something, you derive all your nutrients from it, right? It's the source of your life. So also, we who follow Jesus, our commitment is to have all of our identity, all of our worth found in him. To drink deeply, uh, every ounce of our self-esteem coming from him. Where we know what God thinks about us because he's told us on Calvary. And that becomes the, the, the center of our joy and the center of our peace and the center of our security. And, and, and we're to, that's what it is to live in Christ. All of our hope is in him. As we said last week, we know that our, our, we have a treasure that's secure in heaven, an inheritance that's coming. And that's to be the source of our motivation and purpose and, 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 and joy in life, to have all of our hope in Christ. And see, if all of our hope is in Christ, if we're living in Christ, well, then our hope isn't in anything else. We like other things. Yes, we enjoy other things. Maybe we want other things. But our identity and core security and core meaning and core joy is found in Jesus Christ and in him alone. And when we are in that position, when, when the narrative of our life is centered on Christ, well, to that degree now we are empowered to live out of thankfulness uh, and, and not be getting bent out of shape because of the glitches. It's like this. You can only be overflowing with th- thankfulness in prison, for life, unjustly, haven't been beaten, and friends forsaken you. You can only do that if your life and worth and, and joy wasn't found in being free and having people treat you right. If your hope and your identity and your worth is found in how people treat you and in being free, well then, when it's taken away from you, of course, you're going to be anything but thankful. But see, Paul, whether he was in prison or free, he was in Christ. Uh, he, he lived in Christ. He breathed in Christ. So there was this, this thankfulness that was there. The thing is this. When our, our hope is secure in Christ and our identity is in Christ, it creates space in our life where now we can be thankful. Um, when, when, when we're not in Christ, when we're living as though this is all there was and our hope and joy is found in this, here and now, well, it becomes too important for us. It's, it's a little bit like this. If, if this droid was all I owned and this was like the source of my joy and worth and I just love this droid, I worship the droid. Um, well, then every glitch is going to drive me crazy. I depend too much on the droid. The droid's too important to me. It's all I got. I love you, droid. Well, now the glitches and the, if the lady stops talking to me and telling me where I'm going to go, well, now I, 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 my world comes to an end. Why? Because it's all in the droid. Well, see, it, it's... it's well, but if you, if you won a $10 million lottery, and I'm not saying you should play the lottery, I'm just saying if you did it and, did it and won, A, remember to tithe, B, <laughs> just kidding, B, I bet you wouldn't be worried about the droid anymore. No, you see, it's about perspective. I got this treasure. Who cares if it's a stupid droid? I'll get a new one. You see, it's easy come, easy go. So also, when we live life like it was a droid, and this is all there is, and we invest everything now in the here and now, well, the glitches drive us crazy. We can't live with thanksgiving and gratitude because it's too important to us. If we think this is all there is, we've got to cling to it. We've got to wring it for every ounce of joy we can. How things go in our life, well, we only have one shot, so you want it to go really, really well. And so the ante is too high on everything. And so we crash and burn and freak out and complain when things don't go the way we want them to go. And you can actually live that way even though you believe in heaven and eternal life or whatever. But see, the question is, do you, do you live that way 24-7? Is your mind formed around that? What you believe intellectually isn't the issue. It's how, how you live. And if we're living as though this was it, well, we're not going to have the space to be living with, with thanksgiving and, and, and gratitude. 
What Paul is saying here in, in his book is, 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 is just this. Uh, look at it. It's only a droid. Let it go. Let it go. You won the flipping lottery. You don't need to cling to the droid. You've got eternal life. You don't need to cling to the here and now. It doesn't matter that much whether the things go your way or not. No. When you're in Christ, you're rooted in Christ, you're being built up in Christ, you've got the grace of God, you've been reconciled to God, you've been, God's had mercy on you, His Spirit is inside of you, you've got a wellspring of living water inside of you, you've got an e- eternal treasure stored up for you in heaven. You don't need to be clinging to the droid, freaking out over every, every glitch, because you know that, well, you've got the $10 million lottery right there. So the first thing is to live in Christ and have our mind formed around Christ so we can let go. Uh, of, of needing everything to be right here and now. Live in Christ. That's part of what, the, the, what Paul means and what Jesus meant when he talks about dying to yourself. It's dying to the world's way, the, the self that is fashioned by the world, what Paul calls the flesh. Living as though this was all there was. No, die to that and lay hold of eternal life. Secondly, acknowledge God's hand and all that is good. Paul says, we always thank God because we have heard of your faith and the love you have. Notice Paul thanks God for their faith and for their love. Which means Paul saw God's goodness. Paul saw God's hand behind the Colossians' faith and the Colossians' love. He gave thanks to God for their faith and their love. Now, I don't think that means that God made them have faith. I think the Colossians could have said no to this. They could have denied this. Plenty of uh, people in Colossae, I'm sure, did that. They could suppress the goodness of God. God doesn't make them have faith and make them love, but that doesn't negate the truth. That if it wasn't for the goodness of God, they wouldn't have faith and they wouldn't have love. And so Paul thanks God for their faith and love. And see, this applies to everything. God is always working for the good. He's a good God. He's always on the side of good. Now that goodness, for it to show up in the world often takes human beings aligning their will with God and even angels aligning their will with God because we do have, free agents have the power to some degree to suppress the goodness of God. That's true. But that doesn't negate the fact that when goodness shows up, God was the originator of it. God's behind all that is good. That's why James says this. I love this passage. This is a a reframe passage. If we internalize this, it, it changes the way we look at the world and experience the world. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. He's saying the ultimate source of all that is good is God. The ultimate source of all that's beautiful is God. The ultimate source of all that's true, all that's delightful, all that's worthy is is God. Now, there's other things that sometimes have to fall in place for that goodness to show up, but when it does show up, it's appropriate to thank God because he's the foundation of all that is good. It's all gift. It comes to us as a gift. It's a matter of God sharing himself with us. Every good thing is a gift. We should give God thanks for The comedian there, what was his name, Lewis or something like that? The comedian really nailed it when he talked about our entitlement. Here's what, nothing sucks joy and gratitude out of our life more than this. We have a sense, especially us in Western culture, of being entitled to things. We're addicted to this idea. Very early on, we acquired this mindset that life owes us something. We had it coming to us. Uh, or God owes us something, or government owes us something. We are owed. We are entitled. And we're reminded of that all the time with the commercials, right? You deserve the best. We're just told that. And so when goodness shows up, we're, we don't see it as a gift. It's rather, well, it's about time. If we're, if we're entitled, you won't see it as a gift and have gratitude for it. You'll, 
you'll, you'll notice when it's late or when it's, it's not quite the way you want it or whatever, uh, when you're not getting what you deserve. But we lose the capacity. I, I believe entitlement. Here's one of the things I tweeted, and it didn't kick me out uh, this, this last week. But, but entitlement is, is like a demonic stronghold that just sucks gratitude out of our life. If we look at the world through a, a thing of entitlement, then even salvation can become sort of like, well, of course, he's God and we're us, and why wouldn't he love us? There's, there's not a sense of undeservedness. We, we lose our capacity to see that. Lord, help us to see, because God has to open up our eyes for this. It, it, it's, God's, it's God's grace that helps us to see grace. God, open up our eyes. Open up our hearts. Open up our minds to be freed from this demonic stronghold of entitlement. To begin to see that everything is a gift from God. It's gift all the way up and all the way down. He didn't have to do any of this. It's, it's God's grace. Every breath we breathe is gift. Every thought we think is gift. Everything that we have is gift or think, think we have. Every ounce of health that we have is gift. Every friendship, every, 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 every positive movement in our life. Every, every person that we love, it's all gift. It's gift all around us. It's sheer giftedness. And the beauty is in the giftedness. And if we stop seeing the giftedness, we stop seeing the beauty. No, it's, it's all here by his grace overflowing towards us. The smell of the air, the dance of children. This last week, I, I, my, my, my granddaughter Sage was just laughing with such... She didn't have a care in the world. She was laughing from her gut and, and, and making uh, her little sister Eden laugh. And I looked at that... And I, I just thought, what a gift. I get to, I get to look at, I get to behold this. I get to participate in What a gift. Uh, God, it's God's grace. In a fallen world, it's God's grace and God's beauty popping through. And when we can begin to see life like that and experience life like that, well, there's gratitude that begins to well up in our heart. Look for God's good, gracious hand behind all that is good in the world. Yes, there's glitches. I don't want to minimize those, and sometimes, sometimes there's nightmares. But to the extent that there's not, it's the goodness of God. And uh, we need to acknowledge that. And the third thing, then, is, is to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Sounds like a cliche, but this is just so important. So, you know, Paul, three times, listen to this, three times in the passages we read earlier, commands us to give thanks. It's a thou shalt. Like, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt be thankful. It's it's a kingdom mandate. Now, that may strike you as a rule. Like, what is that, an external behavioral rule? Like like telling a little kid, now, what do you say after I give you a lollipop? Mm -hmm, Even though the kid's not thankful, you've got to say that you're thankful. See, here's the thing. All All of the oughts in the New Testament, the mandates, the instructions, the commands, they are there to change the direction of the ship of our life through discipline. And it's God's grace that empowers us to, be, uh, to have discipline. But by, we're, most of us are presently addicted to noticing the glitches and complaining and, and, and taking things for granted and feeling entitled. Paul is simply saying, as a choice, it's a choice. Make a decision to start being thankful. Practice giving thanks for everything. Let all that you do in word and in deed... Be done in the name of Jesus. That just means always seeking first the kingdom of God, to the glory of God. Be living in Christ and be thankful. Do it with, with, with thankfulness. Because all that you do in word or deed is a gift. It, it, the fact that you can do it is a gift. And so to learn how to give thanks for everything, just to know, not take nothing for granted. 
Now, that doesn't mean everything that happens is God's gift. Rapes are not God's gift. Mutilations, disasters, evil is not God's gift. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. There's an enemy out there. It's got a lot of helpers. But God sends Jesus Christ to come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. He is abundant life. And so whatever has life, whatever has beauty, whatever is consistent with the, the goodness of God, we're to see it as gift and to give thanks for that. I want to encourage you to start cultivating this discipline. Uh, to just begin to thank God for every good thing that you see. God, thank you for the, these jeans. They were literally a gift to me. Uh, I, I, I've got a son-in-law that manages a store, and I get the inventory when, it, when, it, when it's outdated. <laughs> I, I, thank you for the shoes, uh, for, for, for my health. That I've got eyesight. I can, I can look at you. I can speak. I can speak with you. I, 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 I had food this morning. I've got water here. Some people don't have water right now. Uh, thank you, God, just to be overflowing with gratitude. Thank you for the smile of that person, the embrace of my loved one, uh, the gift of, of, of children, uh, the, the, the gift of friendship, the, the ability to come and worship together. You know, people think, uh, we think we're doing God a favor by making a decision to go to church. Oh, I'll sacrifice to be with the people of God. You know what? It's his gift to us. <laughs> Man, we got screwed up. We got screwed up. It's his, we wouldn't be sitting here believing in him if it wasn't for his grace. It wasn't for his goodness. We wouldn't have faith in him. We wouldn't care about worship. No, it's his gift. It's his gift. Uh, let's uh, end with this exercise right now. Take one minute and think of every good thing in your life and say thank you to God. Holy Spirit, bring it into our mind right now. Just a sampling of the things that we have to be thankful for. The goodness of God. Every good gift comes from the Father above. Just see it in your mind and say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Goodness of God. Goodness of God. Yep, just, just notice. Just notice. Just notice the gifts. We swim in an ocean sea of gifts, all originating in God. I encourage you twice for the rest of today and three times tomorrow to take one minute and just stop and give thanks. Just think, itemize all the good things. And then throughout the day, just notice. Just notice and say thank you. And watch how that doesn't change your life. It, 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 you get into a flow. The more you thank, the more you see things to be thankful for, the more gratitude you feel, the more joy you feel. It's so liberating. It's so liberating. Entitlement is demonic bondage. It's so liberating. The ultimate gift, of course, is Jesus Christ. God himself become a human being, giving his life for us on Calvary. He gave us the sign of the covenant that we'll be taking, uh, uh, partaking of here in a moment, which is communion. So I want us to be preparing our hearts to be celebrating this, this ultimate gift. Uh, we'll start by taking up an offering. So would the ushers please come forward? And, and uh, this is another way of just acknowledging that all that we have, including all of our resources, comes from God. It belongs to God. And so we just ask for his direction and how we steward it to further the work of the ministry. And so we'll take up this offering, keep, stay in an attitude of gratitude and praise. And then at the end of this, we'll come and, and uh, give instructions about the communion. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. The gift of the Holy Spirit, come. Change our hearts, change our minds as we now follow your lead and stewarding your resources, acknowledging that everything we have comes from you in Jesus' name. Amen.
God, as we walk out of this place, Lord, keep our eyes open. Uh, protect us from the encroachment of entitlement. Help us to see it all as a gift. Notice it all around and all under the lordship of the ultimate gift, Jesus Christ. Uh, it, it, the altar team is still up here if you want to come forward for prayer. Uh, I encourage you to do that. Otherwise, go out with the gratitude, the grace, the power, and the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ and spread it around. God bless you guys. Woo!